Hello and welcome to the Faculty Podcast, covering the latest breakthroughs, research, news and insight delivered by the world's leading academic and industry figures. In this episode, Kelly Bowsfield, Charles Sturt University, suggests instead of a meritocracy in our education system, we see a parentocracy, in which the system doesn't favour academic merit, but parental wealth. So Australia is a country with a long history of egalitarianism. Well, at least that's what our politicians would like us to believe. Um, So Australia is a place that prides itself on being classless, uh, classless in the sense that anyone that has a go will get a go, and this rhetoric pervades our national imaginary. So what we have here then in terms of education and what happens during education education and post-education is a belief that we are in a meritocracy. So in a meritocracy, success is considered relative to effort, uh, perseverance and natural ability. So in essence, a meritocracy means that your social background does not matter. So social, economic and cultural resources are considered an empty category uh, in terms of what matters and what will result in success in education. So it's not exactly a denial that people do not have differing resources, but it is a belief, meritocracy is a belief that our institutions, such as schools, operate in a way that renders the categories obsolete, that schools and our education system can make up for shortfalls in these resources in ways that mean students will succeed despite um, despite their lack of the resources. But the whole idea of meritocracy becomes a little difficult to swallow um, if we look at the statistics we have available to us and the various reports we have available that provide us with some detail on educational outcomes. So, for example, while Australian students remain at or above the OECD mean in international comparison for education outcomes, for example, those available through the Program for International Assessment, or PISA, we are also categorised as a country of only average equity. Uh, That means that there's a large achievement gap between our highest and lowest performers and that achievement gap can be correlated with the socio-economic status of students or their socio-educational advantage, which is calculated through consideration of parents' occupation and education levels. So what does that mean? Well, it means that student background does matter and the resources provided through family does make a difference to how a student achieves. So then we have a situation that points to a parentocracy where it is the actions and wealth of parents that act as a key determinant of academic success rather than just a student's effort, perseverance and natural ability. My own research considers parents' actions and activity around the National Assessment and Numeracy Program that takes place across all schools that receive government funding in Australia. So it's also known as NAPLAN. Um, and it is NAPLAN is a standardised test which tests literacy and numeracy and it happens to students in years three, five, seven and nine. So beginning when they're about nine years old till they're about 15 years old every second years. 
every second year. And after the test, the report is issued to schools and parents, and the report to parents provides parents with an indication of where their children sit in relation to their own levels of achievement and in comparison to their peers in their school, and um, as well as in relation to other schools across the nation. So I was really interested in how parents engage with these tests and whether this engagement differed according to a parent's social background and what this might look like for students. So my research found that parents prepared for NAFLAN differently according to their social class background. So for example, middle class parents felt it was their responsibility to familiarise their children with the test prior to the examinations, even when schools and teachers told them there was no need to do this. So this might involve the downloading of past NAFLAN papers off the internet or the purchase of practice test books through department stores or bookstores. So uh, indeed in 2014, NAFLAN practice books were in the top 10 Australian bestsellers list. Um, likewise, my research and other research has indicated that parents may engage a private tutor to prepare children for the NAFLAN test. So this may involve part of an already existing tutoring routine or special skills days developed around the test. And the Australian Tutoring Association has acknowledged a growth in their industry as a direct response to this standardised test uh, referred to as NAFLAN. So these are examples of parents utilising economic resources to secure an academic advantage for their children. So an example of a parentocracy at work. In contrast, the working class parents in my study did not feel the need to undertake any such preparation for their children. And so as with the middle class parents, the working class parents were told by schools and teachers not to prepare for the test but they accepted this expert advice and just and did just that. They did not prepare, allowing schools and teachers to look after this. And we can also consider the use of cultural resources as part of a parentocracy. So again, in relation to NAFLAN, middle-class parents utilise their cultural resources, their educational background and their understanding of schools and institutions to not only sit and discuss the results of these NAFLAN tests with their children, but to use the test results as a teachable moment to locate weaknesses or home skills in relation to academic ability. So middle-class parents are also more likely in the context of not only standardised testing, but other happenings relating to their children's schooling to approach teachers to ask questions and demand action and answers in relation to their child's education to, you know, to go out and improve their children's educational outcomes. So these are examples of parentocracy, that is where it's the actions and the economic resources of parents that act as a key determinant of success rather than just a student's effort, perseverance and natural ability. NAFLAN as a standardised test is a really interesting example of how the actions of parents mirror policy and the intentions of policy and the society in which we live. So Beck and Beck Gernsheim, um, German sociological theorists, are theorists of individualisation and their theory is really useful in helping us to understand what's happening. So individualisation argues that it is the individualisation itself is a fundamental organising principle of contemporary life. 
but there's nothing individual about individualisation. So Beck says it's a fate, not a choice. So individualisation is a social structure. So it's like gender, like class, like ethnicity. Um, it structures what people can and cannot do. So it's not individualism, so it's really important that we distinguish between the two there. It's not a choice or a preference to take an action. It's something that's imposed on the individual through institutions and through policy. So in other words, it's like a social contract between the state and the individual. So individualisation is a process that involves a type of do-it-yourself biography, which means that we as individuals in society must continually negotiate and manipulate social determinants that may impact our life and our life chances or our children's lives and life chances. So as parents, this means that we must perform because if we don't perform, if we don't do things, we risk our child's future. So um, Beth puts it um, with a tongue-in-cheek, I think, that we must provide optimum conditions for our children to thrive. So parents must get informed and arm themselves with knowledge because, um, and this is a quote from Beck, if you ignore your child's needs, you risk damaging it and maybe even ruining its chances of getting on in life. So Beck and Beck Gernsheim uh, argue that our actions as parents occur relative to conditions of individualisation. So that, this means that as parents we feel insecure and certainties around education, for example, that we relied on government for, we now feel must be negotiated by us as individuals as well and and that as parents we have a principle of responsibility to act and that as parents we must protect our children against life hazards. Um, and we also as parents need to sort out contradictions so we must interpret information and read between the lines. So for example, even if teachers tell us not to prepare for a test, we need to read between the lines there and think, well, maybe we should do some work at home with our children. So when we think about standardised testing like NAFLAN as a government policy, we can see that parents have provided this information with the assumption that they will do something with the information they receive from the government, that they will approach schools and teachers and demand improvement where they see it necessary. So this is the social contract that Beck refers to between the state and individuals that individuals will take responsibility for their children's educational futures in ways that weren't previously expected of them. So um, previously it was the responsibility of governments to improve schools and outcomes and teachers and so on, but now it's suggested that the individual, that parents must buy into this task. So of course this assumes that all individuals have the same capacity to act, that all parents have the same capacity to act, to question and to exert pressure, but it's not always the case and obviously can differ according to parents' possession of economic, cultural and social resources. Well, what we have here then is an example of the way in which government policy can encourage a parentocracy. And if policies such as NAFLAN as a standardised test, this was a policy that was intended and designed to help decrease the gap that exists between students with large amounts of socio-educational advantage and those without. It becomes problematic if parents at the same time 
are encouraged to use their resources to achieve better results for their children because economically and culturally, some parents are more able to do this than others. So what this research has really captured is a moment of cultural and social reproduction through actions that suggest a parentocracy and a system that actually encourages this parentocracy. So from here, what governments need to focus on through policies are ways to counter this advantage through programs within schools. And it must certainly not be assumed that all families have access to the same or even similar resources when it comes to educating their children. Mm -hmm.